Uh, holograms going to be a big thing in the art world one day, Andrea. We can hope. We can only hope. Yeah, would you like that? Would that be cool? I would like that, yeah. yeah that'd be rad. <laughs> that'd be rad. I mean, I guess there's a lot of... I was thinking that's cool because it's three-dimensional, but heaps of, most art's three-dimensional, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, virtual, you know, virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. It's see, all connected, see, isn't it? See, then we can ask the question again, is art real? Oh, <laughs> it's the eternal question. <laughs> it is. All right. <laughs> Andrea Bell, the curator of art from the Hocken library good morning good morning right we're here t- today to talk about art and a spe- one specific artist dane mitchell who's going to rep- new- represent new zealand at the venice Biennale in 2019 what is the venice Biennale? the venice Biennale, also known as la Biennale di venezia <laughs> is the world's oldest art Biennale. it started back in 1895 mm-hmm. um, and it hosts a large number of national pavilions yes um, which nearly 90 countries um, put forward their best or most talented artists. Um, and it's regarded as um, by many as one of the most prestigious art events in mm. the world. Um, and, yeah, it's an important event on the international art calendar. So um, we, I wanted to talk about it today because they just announced last Thursday, I think it was, that Dane was going to be the artist for New Zealand mm-hmm. for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's held every two years, hence Is the name Biennale. But on opposite years, they actually run an architecture Biennale. Um, and oh. it's run every two years since 1895, with the exception of, I think it was 1916 and 1918, because a certain World War got in the way of art. But they still did it in World War Two. Uh, in World War Two, they actually broke a few times as well. And yeah. actually, World War Two was interesting. In 1942, they were going to exhibit um, uh, New Zealand's very own Francis Hodgkins. Oh. The British Pavilion because oh, New course. Zealand didn't have a presence back then, um, but unfortunately it didn't go ahead because the war, you know, yeah, got in the yeah. way. Too. Damn it! War. Um, and I should clarify that we're talking about Venice, Italy, as opposed to Venice Beach. Yeah, oh, no, I thought you were going <laughs> to go to Venice. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just for anyone that might I, be. Confused. I think the banali might have given that away. <laughs> um, but yeah, because obviously Venice is a city with mercantile roots, and when the Venice Biennale started out, one of its main goals. was was to establish a new market for contemporary art yeah. and to establish or um, uh, reassert itself as a, uh, a city of um, power and culture and wealth, which is kind of um, something that it enjoyed during the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And it's premised on this model of national representation, um, demonstrating, I guess, power and knowledge through civilised cultural and artistic means. Um, so New Zealand has formally participated since 2001. So even though Why it's done, we take so I long? know, bit slow to get on board. Yeah, but you know, good things come to those who wait. So, um, all right, it's all right. They've, they've arrived, New Zealand. They've made it. <laughs> but I think even like Australia didn't didn't have its own pavilion until the late 1980s. I mean, that's still quite a lot um, earlier than us. But well, has that art really been taken seriously on a world scale? Well, yeah, I think so. It's just. Um, it's just we're such a small country. Um, we're just a bit late to arrive, yeah. and also um, a lot of the other countries, like Australia, for example, do have their own permanent pavilions. And when I say pavilions, might be trying to picture what that is, but it's like a, a built structure or a, you know a building yeah. often um, to present the exhibition in. And so uh, Australia had kind of this old shed. <laughs> no, it was actually like a you know properly designed building back in the 80s but only two years ago I think it was two years ago um, they relaunched a new architecturally designed multi-million dollar black box 
building, um, which is in an area called the Giardini, which is where a lot of the other countries have their pavilion. So it's kind of on the circuit for everyone walking around. Yeah. But um, New Zealand. Uh, doesn't have a permanent pavilion which is actually an advantage I think because it kind of gives New Zealand a bit of freedom to choose a different site each time that's more relevant to the art or the um, artist's project so actually for example um, I should just add as a bit of a disclaimer I was fortunate to be an exhibition attendant a couple of years ago um, for the Secret Power Simon Denny exhibition. Is that an official thing? or do you Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was official, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was there for five weeks, I think, as um, a guide and then also to deinstall the exhibition at the end. Yeah. And so we had a different venue to what they had this year. So this year they actually had an exhibition at the main um, space, the Arsenale, which is quite a good spot for getting visitor numbers. Mm. But when I was there we had this... Um, exhibition in the Marciana Library which is this beautiful building from the Renaissance times and it's got painted ceilings with like Titian, Tintoretto, Veronese, just amazing kind of backdrop for Simon Denny's work because he wanted to kind of explore themes of knowledge and power and wisdom that were kind of depicted on the ceilings and he was looking at that in a contemporary way through other information. Anyway, we won't talk about Simon Denny's work today. We're talking about Dane. Dane, Dane, Dane. But Who's Dane? Dane, so he's an artist based in Auckland. Yeah. Um, He's been here on a residency before. He has, yeah. yeah. He had an exhibition at the DPAG, Dunedin Public Art Gallery, in 2011. Um, and as part of that work, they actually acquired a piece um, which was called um, Bagpipe Talismans, Funeral Lament in um, Glass. Um, and that work um, he created because he was ex- interested in exploring his Scottish ancestry. So... Um, he actually commissioned a bagpipe player to perform a funeral song, which was plugged into a glass blower's pipe, and um, he would then kind of go stop start when he wanted. Oh, so the wow. actual um, glass vessels were yeah. created as a way of, as you know, through that breath. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yes, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And then I think so as a result, they had kind of six vessels that were kind of these swollen, organically shaped things. Um, and they were displayed in these traditional glass cabinets that were sourced from Toitu, the Otago Settlers Museum, which again connected the work back to his ancestors yeah. in Scotland. But um, so just in terms of actually, I've just jumped into talking about one of his works, but his general practice. So he works kind of across, his, I guess his sculpture, sculpture, but... Um, he gives form to otherwise invisible elements, I guess you could say. So on the press release, it said that he's held um, 29 solo exhibitions and 50 group exhibitions since 2008. This is on the that's press a, release for that. He's been very busy, but he makes these works kind of out of thin air. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and so he also works with um, fragrance and yeah, he explores physical properties of things that might be otherwise considered invisible or intangible. <laughs> We were talking just before. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. his work okay. sounds quite rubbish. <laughs> About a piece of work that was made up of rubbish. Yeah. Piece of work, all right. Piece of work. A piece no. of work. <laughs> yeah, back in 2009. So he was awarded a prize, the Waikato National Contemporary Art Award. That's a big deal, that one. It's a big it? deal. Yes, yeah, $15,000 prize. And that was judged quite harshly at the time by um, the public, by the media. Mm-hmm. Um, his work was called Collateral. <laughs> And um, for that work, he actually sent... He wasn't even able to 
didn't have time to make make anything, no. But his work was, um, he sent instructions to the judge to assemble the wrappings and packaging of his fellow contestants, the finalists, um, to get all their kind of bubble wrap and everything together on a plinth in the floor in the gallery. And it was kind of like a ready-made artwork. Yeah. Do you think with that, you know, did he was like, oh shit, I haven't made anything? <laughs> no. Or, or was this like his plan all along? He'd thought about it for quite some no, time. No, I think it was quite a considered work, even though people might not have regarded it as such at the time. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think um, because he was, he's always interested in kind of, you know, today he's making these works that are more um, about air and, and visible presences and things. But back in his earlier works, he was kind of more interested in kind of the invisible elements of. Um, the mechanisms for exhibition making, things like this. So he's kind of um, putting the art award um, process itself kind of on a plinth. Yeah, <laughs> In yeah, a sense, yeah. like um, exposing the mechanism of the award and the context within it, which it operates. So and people were angry. Yeah, there were some angry, <laughs> angry responses online to that. It was quite entertaining. And also... Um, in 2009, the same year, he did another show in Melbourne at a gallery, a project space called Gertrude Contemporary, where he worked with a witch yes. to develop a spell that was cast on the gallery that's for the duration of the exhibition. That's amazing. Yeah, and then it's like, well, how do you how do you um, measure whether the spell has worked or not? So he had these uh, the sound installation and embedded <coughs> in the walls some thermometers, which supposedly measured the changes in temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could tell whether there was any kind of spiritual activity in the gallery <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it was during like a heat wave or you know I'm not yeah. quite sure how they would I like this guy measure that fluctuation um, and so how do you get chosen do you is oh, it yeah. chosen from like work or just your overall career well it's um, an open call process so earlier in the year the um, Creative New Zealand who actually manages and largely funds with the support of other donors and people the Venice Biennale, New Zealand's participation at least, um, they put out a call and I think they received 11 proposals, but I don't know who they were, it's all confidential, yeah. but then they just announced um, Dane was selected with two curators as well, so there's um, Zara Stanhope who was the principal curator at Auckland Art Gallery, she just moved back to Australia, she's Australian, she's gone to the Queensland Art Gallery, Gallery of Modern Art, and another guy called mm. Chris Sharp, I know, who's Mex who works in Mexico, he's American, so actually Dane's the only New Zealander. How do you feel about that as a curator? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's not no, no big deal really. It's um, a lot of other countries do actually um, that present at Venice have um, other you know people involved. I can't think we kind of. What's the doesn't have to be. What's the curator's job? Like two curators of one artist. What's their actual yeah, job? That's true. That's interesting. I think that is going to be quite interesting. I think in the past they've had like a, a lead curator and an assistant curator. Yeah. But I think this time. Zara's identified as the lead curator, but Chris is identified as the curator. But maybe, maybe sometimes they talk about um, presenting the exhibition at other places afterwards. So maybe like it's strategic, and maybe the exhibition will tour around the world afterwards. Mm. Who knows? And it's weird if it's a representation of your nation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But then also, like, Are we right, you don't have to be re restricted by that as well. It can just be where New Zealand. Here's some great art yeah. by an artist who happens to be a New Zealander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. But no, but it's quite a com competitive process. So, um, Did you apply? No. <laughs> maybe one day. One day. But um, no, not this time. But 
yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he what he does because yeah, who knows whether it'll be a smell based work or yeah, a I love the visible smell work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also what kind of venue they'll use as well because a lot of the venues in um, Venice are quite, you know, old. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rustic kind of buildings. So, yeah, it'll kind of probably bring attention to that as well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, from the back end of this, yeah. what does showing at the Venice Banale do for an artist? Yeah, well, um, it's definitely something that's um, quite strategic in terms of... Um, the selection of an artist um, is then going to attract um, international media attention, um, gallery representation around the world, yeah. um, other exhibitions. Yeah, it's something that's important for presenting uh, New Zealand on the world stage. So as well, when I when I was a Venice attendant, even though I had to talk mostly about Simon Denny's work, that was the main reason I was there. It was also to talk about New Zealand. You're also an ambassador in sense oh, for New Zealand. Oh yeah. There's a lot of tourists. Talking about ah, sheep a lot. Of, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Beautiful country. You've got such so, big feet. <laughs> not me. <laughs> but anyway, so it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of it. Oh, I just think, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if the curators will be able to, able to talk much about New Zealand, but um, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> 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 they won't have to because there will be Venus attendants who yeah. will be ably. That's true. Well, um, that's amazing that you got to go. That's yeah, obviously that a very fun. big deal. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so five weeks, and I had a little bit of Italian because I did study some Italian at uni, but I was there for this amazing event called Aqua Alta. Have you heard of this? No. It's when they have this high tide and um, seasonal thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my first course. thing... I thought, it was a, I thought it was some kind of art show. Oh, well, you know, it sounds like it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so everyone else had to walk across these raised platforms around. Yeah. But the first thing I did was bought a pair of gumboots. Yeah, you did. And I bought... I, I requested them, like when I went to the shop, I asked in Italian for them, and I was so proud of myself. But then the guy behind the counter was just like, what size do you want? <laughs> just, in easy, just in English. And oh. I was like, no, no, this is supposed to be my authentic experience. Did you get some scalar up red bands? Oh, no, they didn't have any in the oh, shop. They God. were just plain black gummies. Oh, Italian gummies. Nothing but, on our yeah, gummies. It was pretty, pretty fun, splashing about. Well, um... Dane sounds amazing. He's quickly <laughs> becoming my favourite artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's a great choice. So, that, that's awesome. And it will be great if he did some kind of smell work. We talked a little bit about my, uh, smell of vision before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because also in that DPAG show, I think it was, um, he had it at work that was kind of the smell of an empty room, we were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's all sorts of possibilities uh, how, there. How do you know what an empty room smells like? It's like if a tree mm. falls in the forest and no one's mm. there to hear it. If a smell smells in a room but no one's there to smell it. Then it just gets intensified, maybe. Yeah. It's like going into the hocken into our stacks and you just breathe in. Is that healthy? Breathe in all that. <laughs> it's like people who like have a really great obsession for like sniffing books and things. It's just oh, that yeah. kind of... Nothing worse than all, when all the critics arrive and their smell of glue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we better leave it yeah. there. <laughs> we, we, we're just rambling yeah, now. Just rambling. I, I like rambling. Um, brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Always a pleasure having you in. And um, Godspeed, um, Dane. Go represent New Zealand. Good on, <laughs> good on you, mate. Get some gummies. Uh, it's now quarter to the hour.